Welcome back to an all new episode of Hebrew Hits. I'm your host, Malia. Tonight's episode is going to be different than most of my episodes. After hearing about the tragedy that happened in Texas, I felt that I wanted to open up my platform to the public so that the public can share their thoughts and feelings about the tragedy. And that is exactly what I did today. I spent the entire day calling people, speaking to people, and really understanding where their heart is at. Well, stay tuned. Let me play the intro for you, and then we'll get straight into the episode. You're listening to Hebrew Hits. I'm your host, Malia, and I'm so excited that you're tuning in to this show because that means that you want to succeed in life and you do not want to fail. Many of us go through such difficult challenges in life, and it's up to us not to fall victim to them. It's up to us to rise above it and to succeed. I sit down with people who have gone through real big struggles, and show that they overcame them and are super successful today. It's what you do with what you have that makes a difference. Hebrew Hits is presented by TMC. Good evening. Welcome back to an all-new episode of Hebrew Hits. If you have not yet subscribed to Hebrew Hits Radio, please go subscribe to our YouTube channel at Hebrew Hits Radio and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Hebrew underscore Hits. And you can follow me on LinkedIn at Malia Feivelson. Tonight, I want to dedicate this episode of Hebrew Hits to the 21 victims who lost their lives. I am right now hearing that the husband of Irma Garcia, who was one of the teachers who was shot and killed in Uvalde, her husband, Joe Garcia, had a fatal heart attack today, and he passed away. So, to him as well. So... This is a hard episode to produce, but I got to say that I have opened up my platform to have as many people who need to call into the show and talk about the tragedy. That is what this platform is here for tonight. So let's get straight to it. I see that we have a caller on the line. Hello. How are you doing today? Hi. hi uh, I'm all right. Thank God. Uh, it's not Tom Cohen calling from New Jersey, uh, and I appreciate you um you know, opening up and letting people share uh, about obviously the just the incredible amounts of both uh, emotional response and you know hopefully intelligent response um, to the aftermath of, of just what we continue to see um, shocking and, and and just you know attacking our communities and now uh, even more so our children uh, children who can't protect themselves yes exactly and this is why I think it's extremely important to bring this topic up and hear from the public because it's not okay what's happening and these things keep happening. Like I mentioned in my post, um, how do people remember Columbine? Do people remember Sandy Hook? Do people remember Parkland? How is this still going on? You know, I don't, I don't know how old you are, where you're from, but were you around during Columbine when that happened? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think I can relate to, to a number of the you know, just it's, it's one of those things, right, where you kind of remember where you were, right? That happens sometimes with really good things, but unfortunately with these, it happens with um, horrific and tragic events. Uh, you know, in 1999, um, during the Columbine uh, episode in Columbine High School, uh, you know, I was uh, a, a you know, I guess, a relatively young you know, 20-year-old, um, you know, almost 20-year-old. So I was a, a college student. I remember, again, vividly, the pictures the um again i guess the social obviously social media and all these other things weren't as um you know 
regular. So people, you know, the way we found out about it, right, was the news, right? the news and the coverage that was going on and the interviews, you know, days after uh, and all the things that were happening. And I remember just thinking, wow, this is, you know, it's horrific. It's, it's tragic. It's, it's crazy. I heard the individual stories, but you, you looked at it as like an isolated incident. And then you fast forward to, um, you know, even though it's it's different, obviously you have you know nine eleven um, that took place you know after that as a as a more you know, not domestic terrorism but the global terrorism event, uh, and then you have other these other events. Sandy Hook Elementary School. I remember I was unfortunately I was in Connecticut at the time uh, working uh, with uh, a client of mine, um, and when they we were in a meeting and when they the news came in uh, that what was happening, there was you know someone in that meeting we we saw was incredibly distraught who had students kids in that school we were nearby in milford connecticut and um there were people who not only i mean many people who knew people at that school but actually a parent at that school and it's just you you look at the um you know look at their face of just you know wretched horror and just like the helplessness of not being able to do anything and Again, you thought, okay, this is a incredibly isolated incident. I remember our schools and our towns. Um, I live in Teaneck, New Jersey, and they, they, I remember they, the amount of emails and communications and community meetings afterwards to try to, you know, say, okay, what, what, what will we ever do? What protocols need to be in place? Um, but you think that's it, right? You think it's isolated incident. But now you're starting to see these attacks happening and, and maybe there's a difference <laughs> maybe there's you know between the you know hate motivated attacks and and it's hard to imagine anybody hating kids or hating you know that, that being the motivation for for you know what took place um earlier this week uh where 20 you know 21 people lost their lives i believe 19 19 kids and, and two teachers it's, it's just unreal but i think it, it has to stop and it has to i think we have to help it stop. Um, I don't know what to do. Really, I, I I don't know what to do. I know we've we've talked about and heard about voting new people in and, and old people out, and and you know it's really hard for me to believe um, that people that there are people who are in favor of making this a priority, even people who are part of whatever political regime or old political regime. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear statements about you know. I think, you know, HR8 or whatever it is that they're being, you know, held hostage by 50 senators or statements that are being made. And I just really find it hard to believe um, that things like background checks, things like other elements are not going to, are going to be, you know, after these incidents. I mean, these are just kids who have their whole lives ahead of them um, and they lost their lives senselessly. It's, it's, it's a horrible, it's horrible. It's like literally no words, heartbreaking. Do you feel that it is up to the politicians or do you feel it's up to the people? Because when you think back and I am like, I can't believe you, you remember the Columbine story, you know, like it happened yesterday, almost for you. You remember it so vividly. Um, after that incident happened, did you think like, okay, this is never going to happen again, but then fast forward, it's still happening now in 2022. Do you think it's time for the people to take a stand and actually do something about this? Because it doesn't seem like the politicians to me are, are really working that hard to fix this. Well, I think that's that's. I think the two things are equated, right? I mean, politics always has been and should always be right the voice of the people. Meaning, those are the representatives of the people that are there, and I think that's why people are so, you know, them and angry about their politicians not representing them. But but you know, you're right. Like a lot of things, as we look at um, in this day and age, we've seen change happen 
uh, to a certain extent. We've seen that happen through a groundswell um, of individuals or people prioritizing the you know a cause. Um, this is not a cause like to me. Right? I mean, like saving the lives of children should not be a cause. That is a fundamental, you know. Priority, and that's and that's where we should be as a society. Um, so the the idea that you have to turn this into a cause is, is both uh, is shocking. But I remember again Parkland, right? Remember all the students, right? Really pleading um, afterwards, and yes, we should leverage um, whatever we can, even the um, the pain and and the anguish uh, of people, if we're going to make change that are going to prevent the deaths um, of more people. But it has to be, you're right. I think it, it has to be the people. Um, pushing our, you know, whether it's our elected officials or otherwise. I mean, it doesn't only have to happen in the public sector. It can also happen through work in the private sector, but it just needs to be prioritized in a way that's not waiting for something to happen. What what, what are some concrete steps that can be taken? You know, we, you, you said, like, you know, I remember Columbine, I remember the reaction was more about the shooters, more about these these kids. And it's like, what, what was wrong? What, what happened to make them want to do this? And, and it gets really hard when there are multiple incidents over and over and over again, um, whether it's school shootings or, or otherwise, to always be able to say, well, okay, that, that's not normal. It had to happen because there was something wrong. But like, it's now happening with such frequency that we're really, I do think we're compl- you know, somewhat complicit in, in allowing the environment to enable this to happen. And, and definitely one of those factors, you know, whether, again, I'm not as knowledgeable as, as maybe some other people, but one of those factors is the access to weapons and, and severely uh, dangerous weapons, automatic weapons that are, yeah. uh, that can have this kind of, you know, carnage in, in seconds, really to be able to, to kill that many human beings in a short period of time it is it shouldn't that it, it shouldn't be something that exists um and so that is something that needs to be addressed but i'm sure there are many other areas that need to be addressed as well and and there just has to be prioritization of it i just think it, it goes by the wayside you know it goes and it lasts for whatever it is in the conversation and some other event happens and it dies down and i think you know, there are a couple of things that happened in this country in the past few years that have enabled things that have taken a more long-standing um, impact. And we've seen some real change, and I think if this can be prioritized, I mean, I don't know what's more important yeah. than, than protecting the lives of children to be able to go to schools, um, protecting the lives of worshipers to be able to go mm-hmm. to, to, to wherever their place of worship is. Like, all these things, people to go shopping, people to live in a free society, it, it's really hard to have, let's say you have a free society yeah. um, when people are afraid to do those things. So what I don't understand is, and then I'll, I'll, you know, I'll let you go. I know that you're sharing a lot with us, so I appreciate that. Let's take, for example, Japan, right? There was a mass shooting in Japan. They did something about it. There has never been a mass shooting in Japan since. And I don't understand why America is not looking to other countries and saying, okay, you guys had this mass shooting, you fixed the problem, what did you do? Look towards that. Now, that's the one thing, the one point I want to point out. Another thing that I want to, I want to get your opinion on this because I was discussing this with my sister. I said, let's take the guns out of it for a second. Let's focus on the safety, right? Safety first. Should it be right now, since we don't see so much change, should it be the community's job to either raise funds to build a wall around the school or to build a giant gate, a crazy, crazy heavy security? Is it the community's job? At the end of the day, it's sad to say that this is happening in a, happening in a school. A school should be, should be a safe zone for the students. A school should be a place where kids can show their creativity, make friends, grow, learn. It shouldn't be a place that 
has to be highly, highly, you know, secured. But at the end of the day, we have to protect the children because they are the next generation. And these are innocent lives that are getting lost by these violent acts. And it's horrible. So do you think that it's the community that should try to raise funds to protect the schools at this point? Yeah, I think it's the community. I mean, we've seen this in, in you know, part of the, um, you know, the Jewish community. I was, I was talking with, with a, a friend that says, well, you know, in some ways I'm, I'm you know, happy that we're oftentimes the target of hate attacks because it, you know, when it, when it happened at synagogues, the schools were basically saying, it can happen here just like it can happen anywhere else. And so they've taken steps and they have security personnel and they've hired, you know, guards and other things. And I'm not so sure what the, you know, how seriously those, those, you know, real potential threats are taken, um, you know, outside of, of the community, outside of general public schools or other ways. And then definitely in cities around the country where there are significant, you know, both amounts of, you know, guns, but also access. And I think that there is, um, you know, a lot to be done on the protection aspect. Uh, I think you can't try to separate necessarily. I mean, it's important to tackle those things. I just I find it hard to, you know, separate the let's create safety, but not, you know, not focus also on not having a point where you need to have that. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's great, and you need and you need that because again, that that the, the lives are the most important thing, um, and where we're not going to stamp out the you know, access for these things to happen, there needs to be protection. Completely agree. But I think you have to find a way to proactively, um, you know, prevent the ability for this to happen. Not just, pro- not, not just prevent the ability for it to stop the person outside the door. Right. At that point in time, someone's going to lose their life. Um, and, and there may be less lives lost because you're more prepared, but there will be lives lost. And I think even that is, is not acceptable. No, it's not. And I mean, do you have children? You said you do, right? Yeah, three three girls all, all in schools, and it's you know tough to send them to uh, you know the next day. And we know what they're talking about in school. Yeah, are you scared? Are you scared to send your Are you scared to send your children to school? I I think there's a there's a fear that always exists. I mean, honestly, you know, you have accidents on buses, and you have all these things that, that take place. And I think there's a general fear that comes with it. I think. You know, at some point, you have to trust and have faith. Otherwise, you're you're basically living a very debilitated life. Um, that's in fear, and there are people, right? You can understand the anxiety that people have um, with it. So, personally, um, that fear comes, but then it goes, and it comes every day, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, in times like this, it's even it's even more so, and it's like you know, I think the, you know, end with this, which is you never know what's going to happen. You have, you have you have faith that things are going to be okay. Um, but that's why, you know, never leave, just like you never want to leave leave anything, you know, leave for the day in a, in a fight with the spouse. You never want to, um, you know, leave for a day without telling your kids you love them um, because you never know what's going to happen. And, and you had 19 souls that, uh, that didn't make it back. Wow. Thank you so much. I could hear in your voice how you're getting emotional just saying that. Um, it's, it's horrible. And, um, I really, really appreciate you. I know it's not easy to talk about this, but I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and, you know, express your feelings and how we can bring change to, to what is going on. So I appreciate yeah, that thank you for, for sharing the, for allowing the voices to be heard. Of course. Thank you so much. We've got another caller on the line. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? And where are you from? 
Hi, I am from Hewlett, New York, the five towns, and um, I was really moved by the information that you had in your on your post, Malia, and I felt like I really wanted to contribute something. Thank you so much. So I really appreciate you calling in. So what would you like to contribute about, you know, what happened? Um, first off, I think many people um, were emotionally affected by this and might not have been able to express it right away. I think we were all in shock that something could happen, you know, in this day and age. Many people have expressed their outrage about gun control, that we need better um, police protection, better metal detectors. But I think we also have to realize that so many people's lives were affected now, those poor uh, children's families, the, the, the people that actually witnessed this, they're going to be scarred for life. Um, and we have to, you know, think about that also, as hard as it is and as emotional as it is and how gut-wrenching it is. And yes, we do have to put things in place. We need better police protection. We need better gun control, better metal detectors. We also have to focus on the people who are doing these acts and how desperate they are that to do something like this. We need better health care, um, mental health care for them. We need to recognize the warning signs, both teachers, uh, parents, uh, friends, that's what I believe needs to be addressed more than the gun control and the metal detectors is reaching out to these people and, and getting to them before something like this happens again. I, I do agree with that. And the question that I do have for you is you spoke about warning signs. The, how do you know what warning signs are? Like what warning signs are you talking about? Can you give a few examples? I, I'm not an expert when it comes to this. But I would think that if someone is writing on social media of what they're, what they're thinking, what they're going to do, we should take it seriously. I would think that parents should be more in tune to their children's well-being and, and should speak to them every day and know what's going on in their life. Um, friends should report to the parents. It's not tattletaling. It's being a good friend and mentioning you know, what they've spoken about and, and just a more being aware on all, all fronts. I really do like that, that you said it's not called tattletaling. It's being there for the person because the person could be really, really, really suffering inside and they share it with a friend and that friend could be the one to save his or her life, potentially. Exactly, exactly. And let me ask you one more question because you did speak about the families who have, you know, now their lives have been changed. How can we be there for these families. I know that we live far away. We don't live in Texas. We don't know them. What can we do as the public to be there for them? Well, I think, first of all, we need to take some type of action, maybe to, to show that, you know, we're just not talking, that we're doing something, maybe calling congressmen and expressing outrage that this isn't top of their agenda, that they need to address this, maybe by mentoring young, troubled children, um, in other words, acting upon it. Don't just talk, you know, don't just talk the talk, walk the walk as well. Wow, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you calling in today and being on the show and sharing your thoughts. My pleasure. Thank you, Maya. Keep up the good work. We love you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Have a great day. We've got another caller on the line. How are you doing today and where are you from? Hi, Molly. I'm doing amazing. I am from Baltimore, Maryland. 
So what made you want to call into the show today? Um, honestly, seeing your LinkedIn post really made me want to share my thoughts. Um, I very much liked how you spoke about it, how you shared your feelings and your thoughts. It was really amazing to see. So, How do you feel about what happened and what do you want to share with the public? I mean, it's very close to heart because here in Baltimore, we also go through a lot of, uh, you know, violence and shootings and killings, homicides and things like that, which is a very, very scary thing to have to live through. Um, Even for me as an adult, it's always a fear. It's always a danger. It's always something that's in my mind, you know, whenever I go out, whenever um, I go places, it's always something that's scary and um, dangerous. I can only imagine what, you know, kids have to go through going to school, younger, you know, younger people and how parents sending their kids to school. Um, It must be frightening and just very, a very sad situation to have to live through. Are you a father? I'm not yet, but uh, one day. Do you have any younger siblings that you send off to school? Yes, um, I'm part of a family. Um, I have siblings. I have, uh, you know, broader family, so nieces and nephews, yes. So when you heard the story about what happened in the Texas shooting and you have younger siblings, like, what were you thinking? What was going through your mind when you found out? Terrifying. I mean, first of all, um, I right away got very scared for my own family. Um, I wanted to sure that everything is good with them. Um, It's a very scary thing knowing that schools are no longer a safe zone for kids. Um, Things could happen so quickly and so terribly. So um, it right away really instilled a lot of fear inside of me. So it's just a very scary thing. In your opinion, is there anything that can be done because it's horrible? A, A school should be a safe zone. This is what I'm trying to put across in the show is that Kids go to school. They're not, they don't think about getting killed in school. You know, it's a safe zone for kids. Do you feel like the public can do anything to help stop this, like, violence that's going on? I would say we can't stop all evil in the world, but we can definitely do things to help prevent things and be prepared for them. Um, I definitely think schools must, um, they absolutely must up their security measures and really make sure that the kids um, stay safe and are safe at all times. Um, I'm not going to say that but I think that definitely with more security, a lot of badness, you know, a lot of evil could be stopped. So um, I think people should also prepare and really, you know, and do, um, you know, really, really work on themselves to be always ready and uh, um, self-defense and all of that to really be able to protect themselves and their loved ones. Yeah. So you're talking about self-defense and I, I agree with you. The one question I have, though, is how do you give over the idea of self-defense to a first grader, a second grader. How do you do that? There's a shooter in the room. Every kid knows if you need help, you scream help. During a shooting, you do not scream help. The one thing you do is remain silent. But how do you tell a kid that is taught from when they're a child, if there's something that you need help with, you scream, help, somebody will hear you. But if there's a shooting, you remain silent. How in the world do you instill that in a child? 
So it's definitely not an easy task, but I believe when people, I mean, that's the whole point of training, you know, when you train, um, you really learn how to do things properly and how to take the right action. Sometimes not taking action is the right action. You know, sometimes it's about being quiet and hiding and sometimes about running um, and sometimes about attacking. Obviously, you can't teach um, kids, you know, to really, um, you know, physically um, do things, you know, self-defense is like, you know, obviously they're not going to carry a gun or anything, but there's a lot of, um, a lot of things that they can do to s try to stay safe. But I mean, I think at the point, once the kids are actually involved, I think it's already, it's late. I mean, the whole point of people learning self-defense and learning how to protect themselves and others is to prevent some things, things like this from ever happening. So it's a, it's a terrible thing that kids would even have to do anything about it. But um, I believe, you know, for example, I come from Israel originally, and we went through a lot of threats over there. There was a lot of things going on, a lot of terrorists and whatever. Um, we always, they taught us in school always what to do in case something happens, you know, hide under a table, hide under something, go into a closet or anything to really try to save yourself. But uh, it's definitely a very scary and dangerous situation. Wow. Hearing that from you, it's just, it's, it's so sad to hear that children at such a young age, you know, have to understand that, oh, there can be an attack and you have to hide. Yeah. The last thing I want to ask you is, um, how did that affect you as a child? Like knowing that, you know, obviously the teachers were doing that to protect you, but just knowing that you maybe would have to hide in a closet or under a table, how did that affect you? It definitely, um, it definitely, you know, put some uh, fear um, inside of me. And I believe everyone um, who had to go through something like that would say the same. Um, but it helps a lot when people go through it as a community, when people go through it together. Um, it really helps going through it the right way, the healthy way, knowing that the people around you love you and want to protect you and you want to do the same for them. So, yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love how you say about community because that really it really does help when you have a community around you supporting you with everything you do. So I just got to say thank you so much for calling in today and for sharing your thoughts and your feelings. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thanks. We've got another caller on the line. How are you doing today and where are you from? I am from Brooklyn, New York, and I spend time in Indiana and Texas. So I have a slightly well-rounded view of the uh, state. Oh, wow. Pretty cool. So tell me, what made you want to call into the show today? Uh, it was kind of random, actually. And uh, it was it was on my mind that the uh, travesty that occurred and seems to continue to occur is now being turned into political madness. And instead of addressing the, addressing the real issues, the different sides are trying to use it as ammunition, literally and figuratively, so as opposed to yeah. leaning into the, the the sadness, the pain of of what happened and what has happened in, in the past, whether it's Columbine or whether it's Connecticut and Sandy Hook or other uh, uh, catastrophes where unhinged, deranged people with serious mental health challenges 
commit atrocities. And we make believe that the issue is, oh, we're going to make stronger laws about this or that, as opposed to addressing the actual thing, which is preventative mental health services. But these people, let me ask you, these people that are deranged and commit these acts of violence, people don't necessarily know that they are, you know, at a very low level in their mental health. This, this, this shooter's own mother said she can't believe her son did this. So how do we find those people that are at that level and give them the help that they need before something like this happens? It's a really good question. How is it possible that, um, how do they slip by? How, how do they uh, get, get past us? And the, the reality is, is that the people closest to us sometimes don't realize what's going on, or sometimes they do realize, but they don't know what they realize. Um, let me say that a little bit differently. It's really hard for a mother to recognize that the child is going to become a serial murderer. Mm. And we are scared to call this person a serial murderer or a local homegrown terrorist. But if my child is afraid to go to school or needs a bulletproof backpack because I'm afraid of an active shooter scenario, or we do drills where we lock down the school and traumatize an entire nation of school kids because we're planning for somebody to come shoot up the school, that's not even reactive. To me, we, that, that's, that's literally, we're traumatizing the kids with the fear that it'll actually happen. Statistically, the millions of children in school will never experience an active shooter scenario. And I'm not against preparation. I think preparation is critical. And I think how we prepare will make a huge difference. And if we stop glorifying and giving attention to psychopathic behavior, then people won't be motivated to do it. So when you say glorify psychopathic behavior, are you referring to the shooter who is thinking, oh, they'll become like infamous, you know, famous in a bad way? If they, yep. if they do this act of violence and they shoot up a school. But in this case, he actually was killed. So it's not like, you know, he, he doesn't live to see what people are t- even talking about. Well, how many newspapers, how many television st- stations, how many uh, people in the world are talking about somebody who is a, no, a nobody, quote unquote, yesterday? Yeah. And I have never I mentioned know. his name in this episode yet. I'm doing that on yeah. purpose. I, I don't even know who the name is. And I, I, it took me a day till I, I heard about what happened because I don't follow the media because the media sensationalizes all the wrong things. The, the media is not going to sensationalize the good deeds that people do every single day. It doesn't sell the rags. It won't, it won't get viewers. It won't hold people. It, it won't enroll them. And so what we end up is we, we created a microcosm of the more dysfunctional it is, the more attention it gets. So somebody who's disenfranchised, somebody who's feeling alone, somebody who's feeling lost and helpless, one of the ways they could get attention is in, by doing the negative things. And essentially, we, we reward that negative attention. And that's terrible. That's on us. Yeah, it because definitely if, is. Because if we stop rewarding negative attention and we, we reward, sorry, if we stop rewarding negative behavior, quote-unquote attention, and we negate it and we call it what it is, and instead we reward, we will reward and, and give attention to positive behavior, what happens is we'll get more of what we focus on. So at some level, we're complicit collectively in all the terrorism that we're living through. 
Now, I'm going to ask you this question. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying, and I feel like you have a personal connection to a school because the way that you're speaking just makes me feel like you have a connection to a school. So are you connected in any way? I am connected to a school. Um, I don't actively run a school, but I am connected to a school, and I've consulted with multiple schools. So how, how do you feel to protect the students in your school? Like, how do you feel right now? How are you going to add more safety uh, to make sure that they are safe? The first thing is that we teach everyone situational awareness. And one of the, uh, one of the things we focus on in, in our programming is emotional intelligence and awareness, situational awareness, and healthy decision-making trees. And so instead of practicing for an active shooter scenario, instead of focusing on all the trauma and drama that happens in the world, we focus on regular, everyday, personal safety, and what I'd love to call adaptive boundaries. And so that means there are certain times I need to be extra cautious, and certain times I can feel a little less cautious, I can let my guard down. And so if you've ever worked, walked through New York City, especially today, you need to be a hyper-cautious and hyper-aware. Yeah. Many years ago in New York City, every time you passed the doorway, you'd have to walk around it and make sure something or someone wasn't jumping out at you. We're back to those days again. Thank you, Mayor de Blasio. <laughs> um, luckily, he's gone, and we can hopefully switch this around. But the, um, the essence of where I'm headed with this is that the ability to know your surroundings, know your strengths, and have a, I want to call it a tactical plan, but not like an FBI tactical plan, a regular person living in the world tactical plan for what do we do and how do we do it when things don't go the way we expected or when we feel like our, uh, our safety is being threatened. Mm -hmm. So the last thing I want to ask you, it does, but the the last thing that I want to ask you since you're talking about, you know, this kind of safety, which is different than, than a lot of, you know, schools they're they're into putting up guards and making sure that the perimeters are secure. What would you tell your students right now? Like right now, or all the children of America in the type of, like the type of safety that you're talking about, if there were to be, God God forbid, an active shooter, what would you tell them to do? I, I, well, I appreciate your question, and I want to go a step back before what if there was an active shooter. I think that the message, and the message I share with my children, and I, I tell my friends, and uh, in school we're talking about with students, is the world we live in is complicated. The world we live in has complexity to it. And there are situations that are going to be uh, difficult and uh, uncomprehensible that are going to happen throughout our lives. The most important thing is to keep your wits about you and remember nothing happens by chance. And more importantly, if you're paying attention, you could actually sense when something is about to happen. And if you're prepared properly, you can adapt accordingly. Back to my adaptive boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so it's really sad what happened. And there's no words that really describe the pain of a bunch of children, innocent children, being killed, like, aimlessly and pointlessly, if you will. What I also know, having spent a lot of time working with teenagers over the years, that the average teenager appreciates when somebody actually pays attention to them. The average teenager, even if they shrug their shoulders and have their hoodie on and look like they're stuck in their earphone someplace, they actually really, really would love to have someone pay attention to them in a meaningful way, to see them, to hear them, to feel them, to understand them. 
And it's my belief that the perpetrators of these heinous acts, if they would have been paid attention to just a little bit more, A, the person paying attention could have noticed that something was amiss, and B, really, there's a strong possibility in my heart and mind that tells me that they, if they were heard properly, if they were listened to properly in a way that they felt understood, there's a strong chance they never would commit this kind of thing because they would they would have that place where they can not be hurting so much and so they wouldn't go out and do so much damage does that make sense that definitely makes a lot of sense and i and i hear what you're saying and i and i agree with you i'm just trying to like i'm, I'm literally thinking about what you're saying and what i'm trying to understand or think of how to prevent this in the future is how do you really focus on every single child if a school is so, so large, you know? As horrible That's as that is for question. me to say. I, like... I spent a lot of time thinking about this, and, and I, I spoke yesterday with um, the chief people officer of a company that's built around improving people's happiness of all things. And in that conversation, what, what was uncovered is that, or what was confirmed is that in this country, we are reactive. We do a lot of quote unquote treatment reactively, but prevention people won't spend money for mm-hmm. or won't pay attention to. And so changing laws after the fact that are going to create some artificial safety, I don't know. That's short sighted to me. Instead of spending billions of dollars on perimeter safety, what if we spend millions of dollars on making sure we reach out and, and communicate effectively with every single student in the school once a month? What if we had a way to listen at scale? What if we had a way to put people into small groups? And what if we, we focused on skills training, on emotional intelligence, on healthy communication, on, on adaptive boundaries, the things that I talk about all the time by us? And, and those dollars, dollars for return on dollars, would be so well spent. Mm-hmm. And yes, we would be able to identify challenges before they became epic challenges, and we resolve problems before they were problems because when people i mean i'll ask you this when you feel seen felt and heard and understood deeply you get upset you get frustrated you get angry you lash out no. are, you, are you more able to handle the challenges that life throws your way right the second option yeah i'm wondering if your listeners as they hear that question i kind of want to ask them you know you listening to this you know if 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 you're in a situation where you're really mad, sad, angry, ready to blow something up, shoot something up, what if you sat down with somebody who cared and they listened to you and heard you out? What if they strategized with you? What if they gave you a couple of minutes of their time and were just present with you and whatever it was? How would you feel? And then I, if I can, I invite you to go find that person. Go have a conversation with them. And then what happens from a heinous travesty turns into... Uh, hundreds or thousands of people connecting with someone else deeply and meaningfully. And then we prevent other possibilities of this event happening again. That is extremely powerful. Would you commit, would you commit in the next 24 hours to sit with someone for five minutes and just focus on them and pour into them in some way with compassion, with empathy, with care, with attention, and just be there for them and with them. Yeah, I mean, does it have to be in person, over the phone, does it matter? I recommend in person, but you can do it over the phone. I love working with people on Zoom all around the world. It's (laughs) great. It's awesome. Yes, I could definitely commit to that. Could you imagine if you and I commit? So I'm committed, you're committed. That's two of us. 
we're going to commit. That's five, that's four people being impacted. Yeah. What if that gets duplicated and two more people, two people listening to this, make the same commitment? Not only that, they share this with a friend. Now we got eight people doing it. What about next Friday? What if we say between today and the next 24 hours or next week, we'll do it again. And all of us do it again and then pay it to one more person. Pay it forward one more person. I think we're, we're really, yeah, I, I see where this is going. And I see that this is something that you can actually build off of. Like yeah. this can actually become yeah. like a new movement. Yeah. We could build something at scale so quickly, so easily. And all it takes five minutes paying attention to someone, listening to them deeply, meaningfully, asking them a real question like you asked me earlier. Okay, so we're committed this week and next week, and we're going to pay it forward. Let's talk in two weeks and see what the outcome was. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and for coming on this show today. I know it's not easy to talk about this, especially you work in a school, you have your own children of your own, and it's not something that anybody wants to talk about, you know, having a school-like shooting. It's just not, it's not, a, fun, it's not a fun topic. It's not an easy topic. So I really appreciate you coming on here today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for letting me share. And uh, let's go ahead and impact some people's lives in a positive way. Yep, that's what we are planning to do. Well, we've got another caller on the line. Hello, how are you and where are you from? Hello, I am from Philadelphia. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So what made you want to call into the show today? So my stance is, is that uh, the... Are we talking politics or are we talking about what happened? This is your opinion, whatever you feel. I mean, I posted on LinkedIn. If anybody wants to call into the show today, feel free to call in and state your opinion. So really, whatever you feel from your heart, whatever you want to discuss. Right. Okay. So it's so painful and tragic that this happens. It's also so frustrating that um, there's a political element to it. Um, and it bothers me because the the far right and the far left are two extremes. Most people, I believe, are in the middle. And the fact that you can have an 18-year-old just buy, you know, crazy machine that could kill so many people so fast is without, like, so much... <laughs> I don't, I'm not comfortable talking about politics, but it's so frustrating that it turns into this political thing. You know, our kids should be our first priority, their safety, schools. Um, and it's just so painful that this turns into political argument and agendas and talking points and examples of how to just turn politics uh, against each other and you know, use this as a narrative instead of actually looking at the core problem, which is our kids aren't safe. And what it's turning into is that both of my kids go to schools with armed guards, probably. Hopefully they're armed. Are we just going to say, okay, now everyone gets security and every school is going to have security and taxes are going to go up because of that? I think every I think every school needs to have security. I mean, to see what's going on right now is crazy to see that it's... These innocent children are getting shot up, and that should not be happening when you're sending your kids off to school. That should not happen. How do you think the public can have an effect on making change? Well, it should be really hard 
or annoying or there should be a long process to be able to get a gun. Um, especially if you're under 21 and you don't have any training or psychiatric evaluation. Um, so even though on many policies I lean more to the right, this one, we, we do live in a world where if we have just anyone can go and buy a gun in two seconds, then yeah, we're going to need to arm all our students. Voters are adults. We all have our own brains and minds. We need to start thinking for ourselves. And, you know, the UK, after they had their shooting and they changed their gun laws, there hasn't been a school shooting since. And maybe we have to and not just listen to the far extreme right or left, and we just have to do what's best and for this, you know, focus on the goal, which is the safety of our children, the safety of our people. Yes, definitely. The safety of our children definitely comes first. Thank you so much for calling in today on the show. Thank you. And we've got another caller on the line. Hello, how are you and where are you from? I'm from Vancouver, Canada. Oh, wow. And you're doing good today? Yeah, we're baking great uh, Kita products for diabetics and just love the life and like saving lives. So life is good. Amazing. Life is precious. Life is precious. So tell me, why did you call in today to the show? Well, because we want to express our anger towards those innocent kids that we've lost this this week. So we all feel hurt, damaged, and angry. And we've got to voice it up around the world and start changing the system. So it will never happen again. We will never lose any kids at any school, colleges, or stores, supermarkets. It has to stop. And how are we going to make it stop? I, I mean, we, we say it, we're using our voices. You know, these, these stories have been happening for years now. Co- Columbine was in 1999, I'm pretty sure. And it's still going on. It's 2022. How are we going to stop this by using our voices? Well, because I'm a traditional businessman. And when you put the money into a venture, into a project, into any innovation, and you get people who actually use the money properly, you can get everything done. And in the government, it should be done the same way as people utilize the fund in the business. So no politicians should say no to funding for their own people's protection in the country of United States of America. Unlimited amount of funds should be used until peace is achieved. That should be a priority for every American every Canadian, every civilized country, period. I I agree 100%. Children should not be going to school and feeling that they're not safe. Do you have children of your own? Oh, my goodness. I've got uh, three grandchildren already, so I am blessed. Are you nervous to send them off to school? Um, Here in Canada, because we have a little bit better laws regarding gun control or ability to purchase guns is a lot harder. So, no, I'm not afraid here. But I'm really, I would be afraid if I was living in any state uh, in the United States. I would be for my children, for my grandchildren. Absolutely, yes. 
Now thinking about your grandchildren, like when you just think of picture them in your mind for a second and just let me know your thoughts that you felt the second you heard about the Texas shooting. It, it's like a sharp needle went into one of my four ventricles and I started bleeding emotionally because somebody's loss of a child who is 10 years old, it does the same damage if it was my own. It's very hurtful. Well, I, I know it's not easy to talk about this. It's, it's a horrible thing that happened. And I hope that by using our voices, we can instill change. And that is the point of why I said whoever wants to call into the show and share their feelings can call into the show and share whatever they'd like to. So thank you so much. I know that you're calling from Canada, which is amazing. I just got to say thank you so much for calling into the show today. Well, and Malia, thank you very much for reaching uh, to us and reaching to everybody else who's got a a decent kind heart. I mean, I believe that if we approach politicians and we make them responsible and put all their side agendas aside and start protecting protecting, uh, the nation, we can achieve something. Definitely. We definitely can. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And always a pleasure. Always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you, and hopefully there will be no more school shootings anywhere in the world. Get protection at each school. Fund the police. Raise money to get the bets back with uh, with the weapons to protect the children, colleges, and everybody else. We need better security and better borders. Close the borders. Okay, we've got another caller on the line. Where are you from, and how are you doing today? Hi, my name is Esty Jacob. I'm from Lakewood and I'm doing great, thank God. Hey Esty, thank you so much for joining this call. Happy that you're doing well. What was the reason that you decided to come on the show today? I feel like um, something like this in the world that happened so crazy, I feel like I would like to share my thoughts of how I feel about this going on in today's day and age. I think that it's really scary when something like this happens, especially like when like we all like are trying to go about our normal lives and live normally and like train our kids that like this is like the normal life they're growing up in and then like you just send them to school and like all of a sudden um, a mass shooting happens without like any awareness of like A, how to deal with like such an attack um, when children are so young and like also like the long um, effects that can happen to children when um, going through such a trauma. And I think that like, it's very scary. And um, like, it's also like not knowing what to do and like, not being prepared for such a shooting to happen, like on a random sunny day in May. Um, and I think that like, it just a brings more awareness and also like more fear to the world because someone just wakes up in the morning and go to school and then they don't come home, they're dead. And like, they leave a whole family behind and they don't know, um, like what to do. And it's just really scary. It makes people more frightened. Like the whole community, um, gets more scared and everyone just like, doesn't know how to go about, um, to live their daily lives because there's just so much fear and tension in the world after such a scary things happens in such a community. I totally agree with you. And now not that, I don't, not that I don't want the fear to go away, but I, what I want to know is these things happen. This happened in Parkland. Everybody was freaked out. And then, you know, years went by, whatever. And now this again. Now we're freaked out again. How do we keep that fear going so that we can actually create actual change in this world? I think if there's more um, 
awareness of like the protection that we could have amongst each other. And when something like this, God forbid, could happen again, we have more protection of how to go about it. And really just like um, maybe like adults should have guns or some like they should learn some like protection for themselves and to help other people, um, especially for young children, because the young children don't really have like a way of fighting back when they're in such fear and such chaos. So I feel like if the adults um, step up their game and really try to protect the young youth, then they will definitely make a difference in like the younger community. So we don't want this to ever happen again. This, this, this is the last, this is the last mass school shooting that is going to happen. I mean, we don't want this to happen again. Ever. Yes. Yes. So how do we, as the public, People who are not politicians, how do we as people from around the world make it make make there be so much noise, I guess, create so much noise that nobody is going to want to go into a uh, to another school and shoot it up? So there should be two ways. There should be one that we should spread awareness so much so that there should be um, a lot of like a self-awareness to the people around these communities that people um, think they can just go into school and shoot children and there also should be more security involved regarding schools um um work buildings and stuff like that so that people don't just walk around in fear all day that like someone's going to walk into a supermarket and just shoot the cust uh, shoot a customer just because they feel like they're want to hurt themselves i think that if um there's more awareness of like also talk to really try to protect um, a fellow person next to you and like that you like you really care, um, I think there will be definitely a lot of changes um, within like people who are more who are actually wanting to go and hurt other people in the world. So you mentioned something interesting. You said the word guns. That maybe the, maybe teachers should have guns. I honestly don't agree with that. I don't agree that teachers should have guns. You know, a kid could get access to it, or it could by accident get pulled. There could be accidents with guns. Now, do you find do you find that the problem is with the actual gun, like the actual AR-15, the actual physical gun, or do you find that the problem is not with the gun? The problem is with the person who is actually cre- um, like creating that act of violence. So I think it's really the person, but a person can have that like um, intention of hurting other people. It's very hard to hurt people with their hands. I'm saying you can be physically violent. With which is like punching and kicking, but when you have an actual weapon, it definitely brings more danger to the table. So, like if a if a guy walks into a school and he has a gun, he could just shoot four times and kill five people. But if he uses his hands, it's more like person to person, more than just like trigger a gun. So I think that teachers may should have like a safer method of how to protect children if this ever happens again i'm saying i definitely think there should be some sort of weapon or some sort of like tasing situation if there's something like this that could ever happen again so a tasing situation i mean it's so complicated it's so complicated because i was discussing with someone today who i'm just going to keep their name anonymous for now but someone that that knows about guns and and all this kinds of stuff and i said how is it possible? Please tell me, how is it possible that there are no background checks, especially in Texas? Like, they don't need to have a license. You could go and you could just buy a gun. And this person said to me, um, you know, if somebody wants to get a gun, they're going to get a gun. It's called illegal guns. It, you can't stop someone from getting a gun. And I was, I was very upset at that. I'm like, you know what? So what is there to do? We are trying to use our voices. Can voices really conquer this evil? What do you think? 
I really think so. I think that since we're such a strong nation and like we really have a lot of power in our words and like how we spread it, if we all get together as like states and as people and like really protest or not even like go with signs, but like definitely like on social media of spreading the safety awareness of like how dangerous it could be um, when someone just opens fire like that. I definitely think that by us tweeting certain things or just seeing how it really affects us personally, like let's say like those parents who literally um, got those devastating calls that their children have died from a shooting of an 18 year old, they definitely have like long lasting effects from this. If they all get together and really like form a community of like emotional support and spread it to the world. I definitely think that there's more people that are going to want to help out because they really care and see how it affected like the people that are surrounding them by a daily. So let me ask you this. Do you feel, I'm just asking you this because I feel like you do have a lot of things to say and maybe you have an answer. What do you feel about looking out for signs, early signs of someone who might be, another one of these shooters like maybe that's what we need to look out for maybe social media maybe well, like instagram the signs of, the signs yeah of someone who can be a shooter maybe instagram or facebook or youtube or linkedin or snapchat if they if there should be red flags if someone posts that oh they're in the mood of shooting or something they should have the, the social media platforms should flag them because a lot of these people that do shoot up schools and do create like violence like this there is a trace somewhere. They either tell someone, they write it somewhere, they post it on social media. What are your thoughts? So I think that this guy, this 18-year-old, um, I heard he did tell his friend that he wants to, um, I think, kill himself or something. So I think that his friend, if like he really like knew, if his friend really knew him and like really like believed him, then he should have done something about it as soon as possible because this could have prevented so many people die, dying. And I think also there's like certain like depression symptoms. I think that come from such a person that like someone's like really not happy with themselves. And like, he also like killed his grandmother. I think that's also like when you, when you go straight to family, I think it's also like a source of like a, a lot of hatred within yourself. Like when you really kill someone that's been part of your life your whole life i think that's just taking it to like a deep new level i don't think that's healthy or normal at all um there's a lot of like different reasons why such an emotionally unhealthy person would go and kill the people that they once loved yeah wow esti you really have a lot of good things to say i really do appreciate you coming on here and sharing i know it's not easy it's never easy to talk about something like this but i do hear the passion in your voice that you want the, you want change you're, you're not looking yes. to just talk anymore you want change 100 percent. i think that definitely as a nation we can definitely try to change um people's view and like if people do have such thoughts of hurting other people or even hurting themselves and then, then they either should reach out or if they have someone who or if someone knows about it, they should definitely get them help before it's too late. Wow. Esty, thank you so much. I really do appreciate you being here with me today. Thank you for calling in. welcome, Malia. Of course. Thank you so much to everyone who called in and shared their feelings. I know there have been many of you tonight on the show. There is so much work to be done. I am praying and hoping that this is the last school shooting that we have in the entire world, not just the United States. There is so much that can be done. You can call your congressmen and tell them this is something that needs to be a priority. Safety for our children. You can go to your local officials, your school board. And as one of the guests on the show said tonight, 
speak to somebody. Take five minutes out of your day and really focus on that person and who that is. Call someone up who you think may not have gotten any phone calls that day and really try to see where they're at, what they're up to. By that, we can create more love. We have to fight this evil with love. And I I bet that if we do that, we will conquer some evil, if not all evil in this world. Thank you all for being here with me tonight on Hebrew Hits. I'm your host, Malia Feivelson. You can follow me on LinkedIn, where you will see a lot of the content that I post. I am also available on Facebook and Instagram at Hebrew underscore hits. Go hit the follow button and please subscribe to Hebrew Hits Radio on YouTube. Also, if you felt that this episode was of value to you, please share it with at least one person. By you sharing the episode really, really helps me. I don't ask for anything, but I am asking you to just share this episode with one person. Ask that one person to share it with one person. By that, hopefully, we will create change. And that is why I wanted to work so hard. I spent the past few days literally just working so hard on this episode so that we can hopefully create change with our voices, showing that it is literally not okay what is happening. By us putting that out there in the world and saying this is not okay, hopefully we will create change. Thank you all for being here with me tonight. Again, I'm your host, Malia. It's been a pleasure and stay safe.